In this episode, we look at capital market infrastructure in Africa. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse and everything business in Africa. I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at The K Financial, and you can find me at Ritha Dong. Your main story is brought to you by INM Bank PLC, INM Bank Rwanda. We are on your side. The last two years have reinforced the need to develop domestic financial markets to protect economies from external shocks. While disruptions from the pandemic have faded, fresh challenges have emerged from spillovers of the Russian-Ukraine war and tighter global financial conditions. Despite these difficulties, capital market infrastructure has continued to improve across Africa. This will help to build resilience and allow the continent to maximize its potential. In this episode, the ABSA Africa Financial Markets Index, now in its sixth year, takes center stage. Anthony Kirui, the head of global markets, ABSA Regional Operations, expounds on the report. And some of the key developments that we have noted over the past year, appreciating a number of IPOs and key IPOs that have taken place across the continent. In Angola, we saw Banco Angolano, the Investimentos, to do their first IPO. In Namibia, state-owned MTC also raised $150 million in capital. Uh, this was the largest ever um, uh, IPO done in the region uh, for Namibia. Lesotho also uh, listed RMP properties as first listing on the Mazero uh, securities market. And Bank of Uganda launched its five-year strategic plan, considers CBDC's financial sustainability and big data. And indeed, we did hear uh, the deputy governor touch on this. But before we get too lost in some of the detail, uh, it's important to speak to how the report is generated. And the AFME index evaluates financial uh, development across these 26 countries by primarily focusing on measures of market accessibility, openness, and transparency. The scores are determined by the relative rather than the absolute performance of each country across the six key pillars. And this is important because it allows us to make uh, reasonable comparisons between the different markets, different economies of various sizes. In addition uh, to the quantitative data analysis, uh, OMFIF uh, also conducts surveys over 50 organizations across the continent to produce the index, which includes central banks, security exchanges, various regulators, market participants, accounting firms, and international development organizations. You heard the six pillars spoken about earlier. And uh, just to take you through some of the detail behind uh, the six pillars and what they speak to. The first pillar, market depth, uh, which uh, talks to the number of product that exists and the level of liquidity of these various products. Access to FX or foreign exchange speaks to the foreign exchange liquidity, FX management, and the availability of information concerning this. Market transparency, tax, and regulatory environment uh, speaks to the adoption of international financial standards, the tax code, credit ratings, ESG as well. The capacity of local investors, as was mentioned, uh, was an area for development, uh, certainly across all countries, not just in, in Uganda, but it measures and recognizes the importance of uh, the local pension funds and their involvement 
in the activity within the various financial markets. The macro environment and transparency, which is a fifth pillar, speaks to the quality and timeliness of information. And this is around national budgets, uh, monetary policy committees, and various macro events, and the views on the broader economy. Legal standards and collateral positions, uh, which is something that the Deputy Governor spoke of extensively uh, around some of the initiatives, uh, key initiatives that are uh, currently in place in Uganda, uh, is talks to the use of standard global master agreements. And in many ways, uh, this speaks to facilitating uh, the efficient operation of our fair, various financial markets. The details of this are contained in the report. Uh, so if you do look at uh, page 42 to 43 of the report, there's additional information uh, around this. Um, moving on uh, to other sections that are covered within the report and critically has, has been spoken around ESG, which continues to be a key focus for governments and as well as global investors. We've seen countries like Kenya, Mauritius, South Africa, and Egypt uh, releasing policies on climate stress testing. We saw Tanzania uh, in the past year issue the first gender bond, uh, which was released on the continent. And certainly uh, we saw Uganda has made progress on incentives for issuing ESG assets and integrating ESG into market standards. As I mentioned, the top three countries uh, remained South Africa, Mauritius, and Nigeria. Uh, they continue to score highly on measures of market depth, uh, transparency, enforceability of legal agreements. And there, notably, the 19 countries that actually improved uh, raised their scores relatively modest, modestly by about uh, two points uh, on average across the board. Certainly, we recognize that this wasn't easy considering the environment that we were faced with. But there were many policymakers across the continent, and the efforts that they made directly reflected in the scores and the improvement in scores we saw. The big movers certainly were Seychelles, Kenya, Namibia, and of course, Uganda, all rising by more than six points, uh, being Uganda in particular being the highest scoring. Uh, country in East Africa and sharing uh, the air with the likes of South Africa, Mauritius, and Nigeria. So certainly Nigeria needs to watch out. Uh, Uganda is very close behind. A quick review of the other stories making it into the podcast. South Africa recorded a trade surplus of 5.4 billion rand in December of 2022, smaller than the market expectations of 5.5 billion rand and a downwardly revised surplus of 7.3 billion rand in the prior month. Exports slumped by 5.1% over a month to 163.3 billion on reduced shipment of base metals, machinery and electronics and chemical products. Meanwhile, imports fell at a softer 4.2% to 157.8 billion rand as sharp declines in purchases of chemical products and mineral products were partly offset by increases in those of vehicles and transportation equipment, mineral products and machinery Electronics. Considering the whole year of 2022, the country's trade surplus shrank to 193.3 billion rand from 431.7 billion rand in the same period a year ago. 
IMF raised the 23 global growth outlook slightly as demand in the US and Europe remained resilient, energy costs eased and China's economy reopened after the pandemic curbs. The IMF says global growth will still drop to 2.9% in 2023 from 3.4% in 2022, but its latest forecasts mark an improvement over an October prediction of 2.7% this year with warnings that the world could easily tip into recession. Meanwhile, global inflation is set to fall from 8.8% in 2022 to 6.6% this year and 4.3% in 2024. Italian energy giant Eni has signed an $8 billion gas deal with Libya's state-run National Oil Corporation as Prime Minister Giorgia Meloni visited Tripoli. European governments have been scrambling to find alternatives to Russian gas since last year's invasion of Ukraine, so deliveries slashed to less than half their pre-war levels, sending prices soaring to record highs and triggering costly state subsidies to protect consumers. And he says it's the first major project in Libya since early 2000, and it's involved in the development of two offshore gas fields. And he has an 80% share of Libya's gas production. The argument was signed in presence of Meloni and her host, Abdallah Deba, who heads the UN brokered government of national unity, which is contested by a rival administration in the East. Meloni's visit is the first by a European leader to war-battered Libya since her predecessor, Mario Draghi's visit in April of 2021. Meloni also visited Algeria, seeking supply deals from Africa's top gas exporter. Uganda's annual inflation edged up to 10.4% in January of 2023 from 10.2% in December, holding close to 2012 highs. Upward pressure continued to come from mostly the prices of food and non-alcoholic beverages, furnishings and household equipment and education. At the same time, prices picked up for housing and utilities and transportation. On a monthly basis, consumer prices fell by 0.2% after increasing by 0.1% in the previous month. Thank you for always waking up with us from over 700 cities and 112 countries. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. If you have any suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit the website that is thekfinancial.com and don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial and you can find me at with a dong.